Real people. Real opinions. Real talk radio. The multi-award-winning Niall Boylan Show. In relation to this idea that so many people are unemployed, and yet we have so many jobs available, something has to be done. There are fears that a chronic skills shortage will hamper the tourism industry uh, recovery as 40,000 job vacancies were revealed in the sector. Now, Falter Ireland is set to publish the figures when it unveils the most comprehensive research to date. And it's expected... And they estimate 40,000 vacancies across the industry are available, with 24% of those, by the way, at a senior level. In other words, bar managers and chefs and stuff like that, and bar, uh, you know, restaurant managers, etc. And the research shows many businesses have to cut services, including curtailing menus, while others reduce opening hours. Three in ten of those experiencing difficulties say they would have to close if more staff cannot be found, including 40% of restaurants and, sh- and cafes. I mean, that's a shocking situation, isn't it? When we've got so many... People claiming to be unemployed, and yet we've got so many jobs available. Now, I understand the issues. And the issues are that it's not the most ideal place to work in the world. And there has been reports in the past that suggest that in the hospitality industry, people aren't treated the best. They're not paid the best. Um, For many people, it's not a job for life. It's a transient job, isn't it? A job you might get when you get out of college first or something like that, or while you're in college, or if you're unemployed at a young age. You know, you just want 20 hours a week or maybe you're a mum with a couple of kids and you want a 20 hour a week job part time. Hotel up the road is handy. It's that kind of job, isn't it? Um, But still, it's a job. It's better than being on the dole, I would imagine. But then again, some people seem to think that the dole is better because it's handier. I can sit in my arse and do nothing and get nearly as much money. And that's not the way we should be thinking because the dole is not free. It costs taxpayers money. You shouldn't be on the dole if you can get a job. Because the purpose of the dole is that you must be available for work. But if you're on the dole and you're refusing jobs in the local hotel or restaurant or cafe or bar or whatever it happens to be, or tourism sector, well, then you're breaking the rules and the contract you have with the Department of Social Protection because you're clearly not available for work. So this comes back to the majority of people who work in the sector. A lot would be under the age of 25. And I've said this before. Under the age of 25, unless you have dependents, of course, we're not talking about people with dependents or children or whatever it is, right? Unless you have dependents under the age of 25, why are you on the dole? I did have a woman on the air one day here. She had a 22-year-old. She said he'd been at home and hadn't worked. He didn't go to college for whatever reason. And she said he can't get a job. Now, they lived in Dublin. He can't get a job, she said to me. I said, what do you mean he can't get a job? He's 22. What can you know? Why can't he get a job? I said, well, we just go to McDonald's. She said, he doesn't have any skills. And I said, it doesn't take much skill to flip a burger or make some chips. You know, or serve people at a table in a restaurant or serve people a pint in a bar or, well, it's a bit skill to be a barman, obviously, but to pick up the glasses or be in the back room washing up. It doesn't take much skill. It's not the most ideal job in the world, but you can move on. They always say once you're working, it's easier to get a job because you're in that position then. But she came up with a million excuses as to why he couldn't work. So he sat at home all day on his PlayStation and did nothing and collected the dough. No, no, the dough is not huge if you're under the age of 25, but it's still money. So the question I want to ask you is, should we be doing more to incentivise young people to take the jobs? Well, the one thing we can do is increase the pay. I think the industry needs to talk to themselves about increasing the pay. And we will be talking to Paul Travaux about it a bit later on, restaurateur. But how do you incentivise young people to take jobs in hotels, bars and restaurants? Pay a little more will be a good start. Improve the conditions, also a good start. But the state have to do something. And I think 
the job of the state here would be to discourage people under the age of 25 who don't have any um, dependents, children or anything like that, to get off the dole. And basically say to them, well, there you go. There's a list. Look, 40,000 people. There's a newspaper headline. There's a list of 20 places that are looking for a job, restaurants, bars and, re- uh, and whatever it is, hotels. Take a job there within the next four weeks and we're cutting you off. There's no reason why they're on the dole. None. So would it be a good idea? Would it be fair to cut people off the dole under the age of 25? Over that age, you might have children, family, then different commitments and it might be a bit more difficult. But under the age of 25, would it be unfair to cut people off the dole if they didn't take a job? The number is 87 8 Would that be an unfair thing to do? Or maybe you have some better suggestions as to how we can fill these 40,000 positions that they're looking for in the hospitality sector. Let me know if you think of any ideas or you think you can have you have a good idea that will incentivize people. The number is 87 8 That's 87 8 Let's listen to some of your audio coming in on WhatsApp there as well. If I can play it there, it'll play for me. Sometimes it does, sometimes it doesn't. You just never know with this button here. All right. Maybe we should. Well, Daniel, just listening to you talking about jobs and that chap there in Dublin who couldn't find a job. I'm a lorry driver and I'd be in Dublin fairly regularly. And uh, you just, you see signs everywhere hiring now, looking for people. Like it's gone that bad, like even down around the port and that, you know, a company's looking for lads and, you know, the K foam there in Kilcullen looking for lads. And do you know what I mean? There's just, they're everywhere. There's signs up everywhere looking for uh, workers and they can't get any. So the, that lad who can't get a job just didn't look for a job because they're everywhere. They really are everywhere. Couldn't agree from you with you more. They, they are absolutely everywhere. If you can't get a job at 24 years or 23 years of age, you're clearly not looking. Mustn't be. Sorry, can't come on the show, Noel. I'm sitting here laughing, saying that uh, there's a, a chronic skills shortages. I, I, I understand that. That's a, that's a fair point. But I would say that the biggest impediment to tourism in the country, and especially, especially to... Irish people staying here is uh, the price of hotels and then obviously since February it's absolutely got worse because all the hotels are just um, just booking the whole hotels here for, for Ukrainian people so you know I'd say that's a bigger I'd say that's a I'd say that's a much, much bigger problem, especially with the way things are now, with the price of everything going up, 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 up. Um, people are watching all the, all the pennies. So, you know, I'd say if, if, if hotels and that were much more cheaper in Ireland, people would stay here. Mm-hmm. Thanks. All right, don't mention it. Uh, yeah, I think he's got a point. Uh, but mind you, that doesn't answer the question. I understand. I think you're making a separate point in relation to the industry. I don't think the industry is going to have a problem getting business. Because, as you rightly said, a lot of the hotels are already booked up anyway. But those that are available, they just can't get the staff. So, <clears throat> I don't think they have an issue with tourism per se. They can get as many tourists as they want into the country or people to stay in the hotels if they want to. And you're right, they can charge what they want. And we can see that we've seen that lately. But in saying that, it's getting people to work in them. So, when you do have people in the hotels, it's getting staff to actually, you know, serve them a pint of beer, serve them their dinner, have their breakfast ready. And I spoke to somebody recently talked to somebody recently, you know, who um, was using a hotel and when they come down the next morning, there was nobody to serve the breakfast. They had to go and all the, the guests had to go and get their own plates, organise their own stuff, walk into the kitchen, 
take the Rice Krispies and all the stuff out because there was no one to actually serve it. That's shocking. That's what it's come to now. The number is 087 The question I'm asking you simply is, should we be cutting the dole off for people under the age of 25 who don't have dependents if they're not looking for a job? Should we just say, well, we're cutting you off the dough unless you get one? Simple as that. Keep texting, keep WhatsApping. The number's 087-188-0808. No, I think that you're being really unfair. My son is 23 years of age and can't get a job. And we do live in Dublin. It's easier said than done, Niall. What, so what? He's at home, is he? All day, like the other fellow I talked about earlier on. Your son needs to get up off his arse and go look for a job. He clearly isn't looking. And don't send me in another text saying, oh, he's sending out 50 CVs a day. He clearly isn't. There's jobs everywhere. There's loads of jobs for young people. Loads. As any man, we're at one of the, I mean, surprisingly enough, and it does surprise me because I predicted two years ago, we wouldn't get the unemployment rate down very quickly again after COVID, that it would take a couple of years. But we did. We got it back down very quickly. It's at 5.5%. A little bit higher than it was last month, but still it's quite low. That's practically zero unemployment. So the only people, as far as I can see at the moment, who are unemployed, generally speaking, apart from those who can't work, and I'm not talking about people who are disabled or uh, people on invalidity or anything like that, those uh, the people on long-term unemployment are people who don't want to work. So they should be incentivized to do so. I'm not saying, by the way, you punish people, but you incentivize people to work. So the interior officers, or whatever you call them, the solace officers, when people, you know, sign on, they should be given, you know, an ultimatum. You must apply for so many jobs. You must show us proof. And if you turn down a job, which they do on a regular basis, um, we're cutting you off. Let me go to Dave. Dave, you're an Ireland's Classic Kids. How are you doing, Dave? Hi, hey, Mel. How are you? Good. I mean, 40,000 jobs are available, yet I have people texting in saying they can't get a job. <laughs> just lazy. Get up off your hole and walk. Forgive the French on daytime radio, but there you go. Go on. No, hold my French. No, I know. <laughs> That's cliche, Dave. Yeah, Go I understand. Yeah. Uh, now, I've got four kids. I've got two, one in college, uh, studying criminology and uh, psychology. Okay. And he's an assistant manager of an Avenandos. Uh, my daughter works two jobs. She works a key of the weekend with her mother. And she works in a bank during the week. Wonderful. And that's the way it should be. And then my seven-year-old is getting a job now and he's starting this Sunday. Absolutely. So, so your one of your young fellas is in college, and he's also a, a manager in Nando's as well at the same time. Yeah, wonderful. Seven to twenty months. He's getting. He's on uh, half time with them, and they can work in a half yeah. week until he Absolutely. can in college. Yeah, and you know what? He'll do well in life. He's got a good work yeah, well, ethic. It's fair play to Nando's. He's very accommodating. You know? Yeah, absolutely. And by the way, most of these places are accommodating because they have to be because generally it's students that will take the job or young people. So they have to accommodate them if they're in college or doing exams or whatever it is. So they, they are quite accommodating. It just well, means they need to hire one, twice one, as many people. He just said they went to college there last year. Yeah. And just to better himself. Oh, and he's doing he he's doing psychology and criminology. That's can't beat a good old allergy. Anyway, get Dave. So, what do you do when you have forty thousand jobs and yet you have thousands of young people who are under the age of twenty five? I'm not talking about those who might have children. You know, yeah, maybe young girls with children where we would have dependents that would be a bit more difficult. But young people under twenty five who are sitting at home doing nothing. Right. Well, we don't. We don't the social welfare run a jobs uh, a job scheme in social welfare. And when you're joining on day, there's a job for you there, there's an interview, go for the interview. I can't do that. What do you mean you can't do it? If you can't do it, you're not getting any money. End the story. Get out. Get up off your ass and walk. Simple as that. 
Because if you don't want to walk, don't pay anybody. It's that simple. Anyone who doesn't want to walk doesn't deserve the taxpayers' money. Because we're breaking our ass to pay for everyone else. And if you don't want to walk, they shouldn't be entitled to anything. No when, matter what age you are. When you hear, when you hear somebody saying to you there's no jobs, that they can't get a job, yeah. do you believe... No, honestly, I, I'm asking you. Do you believe them? No. Absolutely not. As I said, I have two kids walking, one in college and one walking in a, a, in a job, and another one walking in two jobs. So you're telling me there's no jobs. How has she got two then? <laughs> yeah, right. How has she got two? <laughs> Come on, cop on with yourself. Do up all their ass, do a bit of work, and show a bit of respect for yourself. Never mind anybody else. Hmm. Okay, good Good point. Thank you, Dave. All right, let me go to Karen. Karen, you're an Ireland's classic case. How are you doing, Karen? Hi, how are you? Good. Get up off your you-know-what, he said. Yeah, yeah. But he's right. I mean, it is frustrating. There is loads of jobs out there. But I think, you know, a lot of them leave school. And, yeah, I am stereotyping people now, but their parents may not have work. Right, so okay. there isn't So it's generational, is that what you're telling me? In a way, yeah. Well, from what I see, yes, it is. Mm. And, like, you have kids who, they turn 18 and they get this tool. It's free money for sitting at home. You know, other friends who are going out to work might have to run a car because buses don't suit them. They have to pay for tax and insurance. And at the end of the week, they've only got left what they're getting for nothing. Absolutely. The same amount of disposable income, yes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I And then before you know it, they're putting their name on the housing list, they're getting houses, or, you know, they're getting rent allowance, they have fuel allowance, if they have kids, they get back to school allowance, you know, they get medical cards, and it just becomes a way of life to them, where if I think when you turn 18 and you're living at home with your parents, then maybe your parents, not the actual child or young adult, but the parent gets, we say, 50 quid to cover utilities. Now, parents will very quickly get fed up of, you know, Johnny sitting around the house not doing anything and, you know, he's eating all around him and he's going for showers 24-7 and he wants pocket money because, you know, he's going for a few pints because he's 18 on a Friday night. And he's sitting playing his PlayStation the rest of the time. all day, costing electricity bill to go higher and higher. Yeah, I mean, parents will. And then Johnny will realise that, hey, you know, I don't have 50 quid to go to the bar on a Friday night or a Saturday night or whatever. I need to go and find a job. And it's better off getting a job that only pays the £10 an hour for Mm. eight hours a day, five days a week, and have a couple of hundred quid rather than have nothing. Now, I will say, by the way, I I do want to point out, and it would be unfair of me not to say this, that in the hospitality sector, they don't have the greatest reputation for treating people well. So, I mean, it is minimum wage in a lot of they the jobs. They don't, but Niall, I have somebody who's actually, my daughter works in the hotel industry. And like that, she'd say, you know, they actually, you know, turn up for work on Monday and then on Tuesday they don't bother turning up. I yeah. mean, you have beds that need changing. You have restaurants that need, you know, staff you know, you can understand why they're annoyed. You know, she was telling me only a few weeks ago about this young girl who asked for the early morning shift for breakfast. So she was told she had to be in by six. Not a bother. Following morning, she said, she didn't turn up till seven. And she said, well, you didn't expect me to actually be here at six now, did you? <laughs> you know, you can understand how... The making of their own rules, Karen. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and she said every single day for the full week, she didn't come in before half past seven. See, and the problem it's is the hotel, in the old days, you'd be just fired, right? But the hotel yeah, would be yeah. reluctant to fire anybody because they need the staff. Yeah, exactly. So they, get a, yeah. so they get away with it. 
Yeah, yeah, but I think it comes from home as well. You know, if your kids aren't going to, not everybody wants to go to college. Some people aren't academic at all at all, and that's fine. But, you know, you have to get up and you have to go out to work. I'd be a big one for if you don't go to work and you're not going to college, then you should be drafted into the army. You should be drafted into the army? Yeah, I think you should be made join the army, join the navy, join civil defence, join St. John's Ambulance. It should be, this is the training you're going to have while you're not at school or not at college or not at work. You know, you have to do some form of training. It stands to you go into the army, you can be a chef, you can be a mechanic. There's loads of things that you can be. It's, you know, it's a training skill. You know, it's, it's something that you're going to learn. It's not all about, you know, discipline being, you know, regiment and everything that you do. There's loads of skills to be learned in different things like that. You know, mm-hmm. first yeah. aid and everything. But I honestly do believe that Nobody should be given the dole if they remain at home with their parents. I think it should be 50 quid for utilities, and that's that. I mean, so should we turn around and say to people, say, who are 21 or 22? Now, again, I want to reiterate, I'm talking to pe- about people with no dependents, because you could have okay. a young girl who might have two or three kids. You can't just cut yeah, them off yeah, the dole, they'd be starving. No, okay, no, no. but I'm, we're generally talking about young girls or girls that will be at home, 22 years of age, didn't go to college, yeah. maybe, or dropped out of college, and uh, they're sitting at home doing nothing. So should we say to them, look, unless you get a job, we're cutting you off. Here's a list of places to go to. Oh, yes, completely. I don't even think they should be put on it. I don't think they should get any money from day one. At yeah. the age of 18, if you don't have a part-time job and you reside with your parents, don't have dependents, then no. I mean, you know... You shouldn't get the dough. No, because eventually you're going to put your name on the housing list because you can't afford to save a deposit for a house. Mm-hmm. So you're going to put your name on the housing list. Again, you're dependent on the state for this. Then we end up repairing the house for 20, 30 years while they live in it. You know, it's constant draw on the state. And like the government gets blamed for everything. Yeah. You know, you can't constantly... No, no, this is, not the go- this is not the government's fault. No, I, no, I mean, no, don't no. get me wrong. I, I could put some of the blame on the hospitality industry for maybe... I mean, generally speaking, I'm not saying that all of them, some of them treat their staff very well, but a lot of them don't treat their staff very well. They don't pay them yeah. very well either. No, so there's, so there's, that. That is part of that too. There is, but as well as that, if you get your foot in there, like, you know, just listening to what my daughter would tell me, you know, the amount of, um, like, people that work their way up the ranks, you know, that started wiping the tables, and that now she's only in the industry for about the last four or five years, but, you know, she would say to me, you know, there's a guy there, he's general manager, he started off serving behind the bar, collecting glasses and stuff like that, Mm -hmm. and he's learned so much and he's gone but I honestly think it. you know I have one daughter there who you know a few years ago before the pandemic she was in college she was doing fashion and she was working Saturday and Sunday in a retail store but she wanted to go travelling and she said you know I need something simple that I can get trained up in that I can do whilst going travelling so she said look everybody looks for a barista so she emailed this lady and she said look I'd love to go and work for you. I have a half day on Wednesday from college. Could I go from work, work for you for nothing? And you could train me as a barista. So the lady said, yes, fine, no bothers, come in. And after a few weeks, she said, look, do you want to give up your Saturday and Sunday job and come work for me instead? And, you know, you can have the half day on Wednesday as well. And she did. And then the pandemic hit and she's still there. I mean, they've trained her in barista. She's gone in with the chef. She's gone in with the baker. Now she does the baking and stuff on a Saturday morning for them. If the baker is off on a Saturday morning. Like, she has learned so much from just asking, you train me, and I'll work for you for nothing for a half day. 
All right. Um, Antoinette, I need to... Uh, sorry, the, the, the number is 87 if you want to give us a call. Antoinette, you've heard, you know, basically what Karen has said. Um, do you think there's any point in having, you know, a 23-year-old collecting the dough? She said they shouldn't even be allowed to collect it. No, they definitely shouldn't be allowed to collect it all. No. Mm. At all? Uh, no, my, my, my son has a disability and um, he's been trying to get a job for the last year. And he's actually after getting one now in Cork, so he has to move from Limerick. And he's never stopped, you know. I don't. Mm. I, I, and I see these young fellas around the road, like, well, doing nothing. Yeah. yeah, and my son is, um, you know, he's tried all his life to get in and everything. He's a form of, just, of um, cerebral palsy, but um, he's just brilliant. Like, he even got a job in... in um, for Christmas in Easton, like, you know, and he loved it last year. You know? Yeah, yeah. So, so in relation to young people in general, because they tend to fill most of the spots, you know, that are in hospitality, yeah. and hospitality are having a serious problem at the moment. What can we do to incentivize young people to take the jobs? I take the job in hospital. Oh God, yeah. Uh, mm. mm. I suppose make the wages a bit better for them as well. Well, maybe that's that's one suggestion. Thank you, Antoinette, and thank you, Karen. Real people, real opinions, real talk radio. The multi-award winning Niall Boylan Show. Oh.